Hey, this is Charles Peterson. You're listening to The State of Love and Trust. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast, and I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesi. And alongside me, as always, is Paul Gillieri. Paul, we are here in the thick of it. It's early February. The Super Bowl is nearly upon us, and we are getting very excited for a very exciting interview in just mere moments. Yeah. Um, you know, the Super Bowl is all about capturing that moment. And uh, I'm going to segue to myself on that and, <laughs> say that and say that this episode is very much about a gentleman who has uh, made a living on capturing the moment. Yes. And if you couldn't tell, we are recording this before the Super Bowl, even though this episode is coming out after the Super Bowl. So you're hearing this and yeah. Paul could either be really sad or really happy as you're listening to it. I know. I, know. I right now we're, we're, Paul is optimistic, right? So so you're either laughing you. at me while you listen or 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 you are joining <laughs> me in uh, the you know, reveling and in and, and the rapture that is a Super Bowl victory. I don't know what's going to happen, man. I, who knows? Who knows? Uh thank you for being here everybody. This is um our 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 well it's our first interview that we've recorded in 2024, but the second to come out uh, this calendar year. It features um, photographer Charles Peterson. If you don't know who Charles is, he has taken a number of photos that you know very, very well. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to show you that interview. We're going to show you that. We're going to tee up the interview in just a moment here. Um, just again, a quick thank you to you guys for, for coming on and listening. And um, anybody who has joined our Patreon, we really appreciate you guys. You help us pay these these hosting bills and all the other stuff, keeping this show alive. Uh, anyone who's bought a t-shirt, one of our three t-shirts, that, mm-hmm. that as well helps keep this show afloat. So if you want to do either of those things, get in our DMs or get to the link in our bio and that will be sorted. Okay, enough of that. Paul, are, are we excited or are we excited? We are excited, almost as excited as those of you who take the time to rate, review, and subscribe on your preferred pa- ugh, podcast platform of choice. <laughs> Feed that algorithm. And uh, maybe Charles will he take a picture it. of it. <laughs> you got through it. That's what, that's what matters. I got through it. <laughs> now, I do want to say that today is February 13th, as you're listening to this. And I think, finally, I think, stuff is happening. So if the stuff is happening... We'll talk about it soon, but right now, sure let's get to our interview and uh, the incomparable Charles Peterson. Here it is. All right, and here he is. Uh, I, I will say legendary photographer of many things, but most notably for our listeners, uh, musicians, bands, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Mudhoney, Tad, whoever else was kicking ass and taking names in Seattle back in the 80s and 90s. It's Charles Peterson. Hi. Nice to be here. Excited to have you, Charles. Welcome. Thank you. So yeah. um, we've first of all, we have to say out of the gate that 
we're both very excited about this book that's coming out in a week, Charles Peterson's Nirvana. Can you tell me how long this has been in the in the in the in the process of making? Well, in the actual physical process, it's been uh, almost going on two years now. Uh, in the sort of mental, uh, you know, uh, spiritual process, it's been a good half dozen years. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just took me a while to work up to it. Uh, I've made stabs at it for, you know, and people have asked for it for years now. And I just didn't feel like I was there yet or didn't know how to bring the material together to make it my own, mm-hmm. make it make it unique. Um, I didn't want to do a history of the band, per se, uh, because I don't have their complete history. I, 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 you know, I kind of, for many various reasons, and we could go into it, but uh, I didn't photograph their later period the last mm. period except for a few se- uh a photo session and and this and that uh, the in utero back cover right. collage that sort of thing uh so it's really a look at more of their earlier years but it's essentially a dozen shows that have been combined to just make one incredible kick-ass show in a book of art photos Fantastic. Yeah. Well, you know, there's very few words. It's really, it's, it's image driven. It's, mm-hmm. it's very much an artist book. It's, it's printed like an artist book. Uh, it's, it's gorgeous. It's, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a living testament in my opinion to the music and the band. Awesome. Well, we, we got some Nirvana questions in there in a little bit. Um, okay. Yeah. But let's, we, we can talk about whatever you like too. We've we've got the gamut here for you, Charles. Okay, so hopefully, great. Hopefully, it's not too many uh, things you've you've talked about before. I'd actually rather time. talk about not talk about Nirvana right now because I'm doing a lot of interviews for, all, for the book. <laughs> we're, we're losing all Kirk questions, Paul. Um, no, just kidding. No, 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 no. I'm just joking. <laughs> so, I mean, the first time that I came across your name was on the Play State book uh, that you did with your colleague and friend Lance Mercer uh, that came out in what 1999, and when you opened the book. There's that first kind of title page, right? And on the third, the left third of the page is a picture of Eddie Vedder singing basically on his head. And you are fairly infamous for a photo of Kurt Cobain playing guitar while seemingly on his head as well. It was the cover of your Screaming Life book. Coincidence or planned, Mr. Peterson? Um, well, I would say that that is a coincidence. Um and I actually isn't. I think that might be a Lance Mercer shot. So, but it was. I'm to, just saying, you guys together were were. Figuring well, it out, yeah. So. No, I mean, it, it's it's really you know it was what we were doing was just a reaction to the, what the bands were doing as well. So it's pretty unavoidable that we were going to end up with some similar scenarios mm. or, or images in that way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we were just, as Lance probably said, we were just making it up as we went along. <laughs> it's the best stuff. <laughs> yeah. Which, which I imagine can be a little challenging in such a, an intense and frenetic setting if you are an introvert, which is um, something that you've said that you are or you, or you were at least. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, as a photographer of people, is that a source of conflict for you? You know, that is that something you had to overcome 
when the bands went on stage and they were doing their thing. Like, well, I, I think it was always an issue more off stage than 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 when in the moment. It's like it, it's it's similar to in, in the way that Kurt or Chris Cornell or whoever. A lot of these guys were were somewhat introverted wallflowers, and so when you got on the stage, that was the moment that you you blossomed. You know, in bloom. So to mm. speak, uh, and uh, and and I, and I think it was it was my reaction too. It was like, okay, here we go, and this is like everything falls away, you know, all your anxieties, and and it's just you're you're focused on the the music and the job and and what's happening. So it was a good good mix that way. Um, I think it was more like the. The introvert thing comes in and it's like, oh my god, I've got to like smooth with this manager and this record person and do all this other stuff that has nothing to do with making art. That's what I w- didn't really enjoy that much, or still don't. Yeah, that can be difficult, um, especially if you're not the kind of person that wants to like go and meet somebody new that isn't kind of like on your level as far as like creativity like if it's a band member okay like i get you we are creating something but if it's like a suit you're like uh, all right yeah 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 they always they want something that it's just like uh, that's not what i do or often or just it's just yeah it's 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 shallow but you're you're a one-man band so you kind of have to wear all the hats oh yeah for sure yeah Mm -hmm. and at a certain point i just stopped wearing so many of them yeah <laughs> so let's go back in time uh i don't want to do any origin story stuff because you've done that to death um now at university of washington you met mark arm later of green river and mud honey of course and i spoke with mark um a couple months ago actually and what I, I, what i want to know is what's something about mark that's totally different now and what's something that's completely the same about him to this day Oh, oh my God! Uh, well, let's see. What's uh, completely, completely the same is his sarcastic sense of humor. Uh, I mean, that's just that just has yeah. run through it, you know. And to me, that's like Mark. In fact, in the in the back of the Nirvana book, I, I have a singular thank you to Mark because, in my opinion, he was the match that started it all. At mm-hmm. least, at least very much for me. But I think the the entire scene and i was just actually uh commenting on a facebook post about this recently that that somebody was like oh what's the what's who's the who's the og what's the what's the uh the origin and people were like oh duff mckagan or this person and i'm like no, no 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 mark arm because it's just like not only the bands that he was in but also the fact that he was such a cheerleader and if you look at any of my audience photos it's like oh yeah there's mark you know it doesn't matter who the band or the show or whatever uh he was there and and i i don't think he gets heralded enough for that he's a he's a fan of music i, I saw mud honey play oh, yeah. in la a few months ago and he was out there during the opening band set just watching he was standing a foot away i'm like he just watched it. the whole set uh-huh yeah. 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 No. And I mean, we were in, you know, we were roommates in college in 84 
and we had our record collections and at the same time we were listening to black flag we were like listening to brian eno mm -hmm. can and the birthday party mm -hmm. and uh, you know millions of dead cops and butthole surfers and so it was really like this this great and and or john kale or the velvet <laughs> underground i mean we were had this great musical education going on among amongst ourselves. We spoke at the outset, Charles, about the the book. You know, this new book you have coming out about Nirvana, due out February twentieth. Figure we could dive in a little bit here <clears throat> with, with some of the stuff you've said in regards to the to the early days, specifically Nirvana, that you wished that you had taken more photos, uh, not oh, yeah. just of the bands that were performing and uh, and their concerts, but of like you know, candid shots, everyday life. You know, what do you find so captivating about the downtime with musicians? You know, those moments in between. Well, I, I think that's just human nature. Uh, everybody, for whatever reason, just because it's, it's, um, it's, it's a moment that most people don't get to see, which is, I guess, why we're, most fans are fascinated by that they they do see the band out on stage and uh so they don't yeah they don't they don't see that uh and it's often though honestly a lot of it's really boring <laughs> you know it's not as it's not often not as glamorous as you would imagine um and particularly if a band like nirvana is you know at that later period when they're quite dysfunctional to a degree off stage uh i remember you know hanging out in concrete stadiums and no one's to be seen no one's around like they're just everyone's and it's it's happened with pearl jam it's happened with you know it's just mm. hey if the band is playing and they're tired or they need to go do whatever like okay like you just are there with you know yourself um, well, you, you, it's a little different it's a little different say in like 96 when i was like with pearl jam in europe like actively as practically a member of the band where we you know there was only a, a dozen of us that flew on the the private plane between gigs and and then in that case it was like eddie was like i want you to be with the band every minute and shoot everything mm. and yeah it's it's funny you mentioned that it's the next thing i want i want to ask you about um a lot of that is is documented in play state uh the aforementioned book and you know there there is a story out there that you've told about portugal and ed and I'm wondering if you'd be willing to tell our listeners who may have not heard that story, something to do with maybe duct tape and and jumping somewhere. Oh like, yeah, uh, when when <laughs> Eddie, uh, there's a there's a, actually a few great stories from from Portugal that lo, that last night in Cash K. And so Ed, yeah, he was going to do climbed up the PA, but before he did that, he I saw him up on stage like with a roll of duct tape. And he's wrapping around his boots and then up around his pants, and uh, and then he climbed up the the stack and and jumped into the audience and I got the shot. And then afterwards, I was like, Ed, what were you doing with your boots? And he's like, Those are my favorite boots. And 
I don't know what I do without <laughs> if somebody put the money stones and like what he would do for the because he was going to Rome to visit some friends after that. And he's uh-huh. like, I can't travel without my freaking boots. So, uh, and then what's funny is then we uh, a bunch of us got back to the hotel in a separate van and we we're in the lobby having a drink and then. Um, I hear, oh, Ed's van, or the band's van is is showing up. So when we showed up, there was a whole line of fans on either side of the stairwell. So I ran out, got to the top of the stairwell. Eric Johnson pulls Eddie, the tour manager, pulls Eddie out, throws him over Eric's shoulder, and runs up the steps and into the lobby. And they're like, out of the way, Ed's hurt, out of the way. And, and, and it, was really it, just, it was really just a way to, to get past the fans without having to, you know, sign What, was the, what was the reason that he did that fireman's carry? Because the jump. They, they were like kind of playing off the, the massive jump that he did off the PA <laughs> that night at the end of the show. So, uh, <laughs> Faking injury. I have to dig those photos out and... Uh, and publish them someday but it's pretty good. funny because the fans are in on it they're all laughing yeah. <laughs> you have any photos of scrabble boards like what what's your uh well, what's the most I, we, intense we, scrabble memory you you, you got from uh, those those epic battles <laughs> <laughs> it was the second to last night in portugal um and eddie and i stayed up late playing and we, that was an epic game. We were into the 300s, both of us. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. A uh, couple of wordsmiths over here. Yeah, I know. Both, both nerdy, nerdy dudes, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who who, who so, usually won? I won. You won? I won that night, yeah. Okay. Only right. a few points, but I won, yeah. All right. Um, All right. But it was, it was split pretty evenly. You know, but yeah, by the end there, we were like, it, it, you know, it was kind of bad because it was maybe a little bit too much of a distraction for me and what I was supposed mm. to be doing. But we would go and, and run and get on the plane and Eddie and I would reserve the little table and before the plane was even had even taken off. We'd be like halfway through a Scrabble game. Um, <laughs> That's intense. It's very nerdy, but it's yeah. intense. I like it. So much for the whole like Motley Crew, like you know, hookers and eight balls and stuff. We, we, well, we I, mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah. one day, Charles, we may find out that um, you and those games were were uh, the inspiration behind some of the lyrics on Yield. You know, how do I use that? Why? Yeah, <laughs> Yield. There it is. Um, I want to ask about um, choosing f- which frames to move into like the, the next phase of, of editing, like versus, you know, which to, to let go that, that can be a kind of a difficult process. And you've said that you're a, a high hit photographer. Uh, an analogy I can only think of is like, like a batter in baseball, batting like 400, like someone that's just really prolific with hits. Does it bug you as you said to quote, kill your babies. And when you're putting out a book, like you are with Nirvana, is there, is there like a B side, a companion piece you could put together and sell like alongside it or something like too many good photos to leave out. Right. Uh, yeah, that's that, that, that has been brought up. We're not there yet. Okay. Um, 
we need to get through this one first. But no, certainly. Uh, and that initially with this publisher who I've known for, for a long time, and she's a local, it's a small art photo imprint. Uh, and we talked about doing a retrospective. This was pre, pre-COVID. Uh, and I just, I dragged my feet. I just couldn't get my head around it because I have just mm-hmm. too much material. So I was like, okay, like Nirvana book, I can finally, like I have too much to do this other thing that I wanted to do. So, okay, yes, I will do the Nirvana book. And I thought, okay, well, that should be doable, you know? And, you know, yeah, I had about 300 images printed out to choose from uh, down whittled it down finally down to 90 uh but when i started it the family went on vacation for a couple weeks in france Mm -hmm. and i took over the house and just had strips of photos running you know crazy in a line through the living room into the kitchen into the dining room etc uh and just played nirvana for two weeks and just shuffled pictures around and then be like oh that one actually and then run back down to the files and print something out you know i was just making kind of office prints really and just but just uh and then that way i kind of came up with the idea of breaking it up into sections with song titles mm-hmm. and then having um, just a, a visual flow, not necessarily a, a full narrative flow to it. And that's how you, that's how you have to do it really is just um, print it out. And yeah. And so I think some people may have there may not be in the book what some people were expecting, which I, we, in the end, I jettisoned most of the backstage and post photos. Mm-hmm. There's just a few at the beginning and the end, but I really wanted it to be about the music, um, an expression, an emotional expression of the music. Mm-hmm. So even after the title page, you open it up and it says, play this book loud. <laughs> That's kind like of the that. idea is just, yeah, throw on the record and then go through and then go through it again. Um, Very cool. There's, there's a while back and then there's turning 60. So let's talk yeah. about uh, social media and marketing in, uh, in the digital age. And, and, you know, obviously stark contrast, I think, to the way things were done when you were shooting for Sub Pop. Jason and I were, were younger than 60, but not considerably younger. <laughs> we're over 40. Um, there's there's a lot I think to social media and that game that is probably beyond even us and uh, and probably many of our listeners if we're being honest you said Instagram is exhausting to you and mm-hmm. I understand I mean it, it can be exhausting for for anybody really but what caught our eye is that you said people need to edit themselves more so can you elaborate on what you meant by that yeah um. I mean, I, I I think if I think if we if it could just be Instagram or if it could just be Twitter or just but it's the fact that there's you have to like 
cater to so many of them. Mm. And I mean, that's not even talking about LinkedIn or, you know, and now there's new ones popping up that people are like, get away from Twitter, go over here, you know? And it's like, Oh my God. Like, yeah, just starting all over again. Um, so, and, and uh, as far as the, the editing thing goes, like I'm, I don't want to, I, I won't point any, I don't want to point anyone out, but there are photographers that will go and shoot a show and then they post 75 images. Okay. And mm. what, like, a, a what, more judicious what, what, are, what, what are we supposed to do with that? You know, <laughs> uh, when, when one or two, like really like just show your like greatest images or yeah. if you don't have them, don't show them at all. But it's like, what, uh, what's your Afghan girl with the green eyes moment, right? Like find yeah, that. Exactly. Like, that yeah, exactly. That's it'll speak yeah. volume. You what's your, uh, <laughs> my case, what's your iconic stage diver or, you know, yeah. thing right. Kurt on his back. But, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a uh, people, it's too easy to just say to to get lost in what I call representation. So you're just merely representing the moment. You're not actually trying mm. to bring something else to it that's either, you know, an emotion or a representation of the music or uh part of the part of the problem is that the cameras have gotten too good. Uh and the lighting it's all this like really strong led lighting now so you can you know go up there and have these perfectly yeah they're almost like you're making an iphone photo they're like these perfectly lit you know not blurry not you know in focus etc uh and i mean as a photographer it's great to get things in focus yeah, well, just, we, we don't get yeah. gems like this it, though do we we're not gonna get a gem like yeah, this yeah exactly <laughs> yeah um you know and 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 that's uh kind of like with the nirvana book you'll see i went through and picked out a lot of the a, a lot of images that are more expressive um at one point i started to, to to, to think too much about it and was like, oh, I really need just this picture of Kurt at the microphone. You know, people are, people want that. And it's like, mm. my, Michelle's like, no, 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 because that's not your art, dude. That's like, you know, everybody else is doing that. So let's get back to your art. Let's make it an art book. Let's make it yeah. unique and standalone. Um, I think that's, and I think so that's what people, right? I tell young photographers is just find your vision. Yeah. Don't don't saturate everyone with just like find your vision and and keep some mystery to it as well. It's the iceberg effect, right? Show people the ten percent. Don't show them. Yeah, yeah. Uh Good point. Uh Yeah, Yeah. I I love that dichotomy though that you just pointed out. This idea that if photography is reduced to just representing something, as opposed to interpreting it and then producing or manifesting an expression that was internalized. It's almost like you see something and you are processing it and then you are capturing it in a way that is reflective, not of the, the band that you're shooting, right? But more reflective of your perspective or reflective mm-hmm. of your process because it's not really art if it's just representation. 
You know what I mean? So yeah, I think and, it's and really fascinating the way the way that you broke that down. Yeah, and I think with the Nirvana book, um, it is Nirvana, but in a sense, it could be anybody, and that uh, that's sort of what I was was going after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just I didn't wanna I didn't want it to be, um, yeah, a Kurt centric book per se, or, or oh here's here's happy Kurt, here's moody Kurt, here's the whole arc of tragedy, this and that. And I, I, I just wanted it to be like this, like kick in the gut, like it was when you were like, you know, bruising your knees on the front of the stage back in 1990. It's one of really like, what, what was the music about and what is the lasting power of it? You know, Charles, you've spoken about, um, unguarded emotion being the key to great shots before uh that can seemingly be easy when it's a candid but it's hard to do with portraits i think can you explain how you're able to kind of unguard someone in those moments yeah um it helps well a lot of the times i'm not actually looking through the camera Mm. um i will you know set it up uh, focus, kind of like take it away, uh, having a discussion, which sometimes can backfire, uh, particularly if you have, say, somebody like my good friend Kim Thale, who just loves to talk, and then and then you end <laughs> up with just these pictures of somebody talking and talking, and yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh. But yeah, it's that it's a matter of finding the moment after the moment, you know, mm. like, like, you've got that, like, okay, idealize, but like, what's more interesting, like, like, sometimes like when the subject closes their eyes, and then you're allowed to actually kind of look, look at them without them looking back at you. There's this weird thing that happens. Mm. Um, sometimes, yeah, or seeing somebody from the, from the from the back or uh, a different angle, and just and just finding that relaxed moment. And sometimes, yeah, it's like you've got to just the angle might be weird or the focus might be off or the it's blurry or, but that's because it's it's raw and unique. And you're and you know, I'm just uh, I'm a very perfection can be boring, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what is perfection? Yeah. Well, what's the opposite of that, right? I guess the opposite would be what you've called informed luck. Right? Uh-huh. So I'm kind of curious when you talk about something like informed luck when composing a photo, can, can you first like define that, but then can you also think of an equivalent moment in your time shooting Pearl Jam where you would say, hey, that's an example of informed luck, that moment right there. Mm. Yeah. Um, so what I mean is that you are so practiced in your craft that, that special things will come to you. And that's the luck aspect. And it's just, it's a matter of, of showing up and being ready. And, uh, it, it's it's very much what an athlete does as well or um and i'm trying to think of a moment with pearl jam 
Well, I mean, uh, I mean, for for example, we were talking about the jump that he did in 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 Cash K off the PA, and I, I, you know, I knew just how to set up for that, and it, um, and the situation wasn't ideal like i would rather have like oh had to switch out lenses or Mm -hmm. do this or that um but i knew enough and i didn't look through the viewfinder when he jumped off there just because i know my camera well enough exactly how to angle it and point it um now that's not luck that that's not luck per se um it's experience uh, though you've been through enough experience you you know how to be ready for it Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, be, just, because of your familiarity with that camera, you were able to capture that moment in the moment without mm-hmm. having to say, uh, 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 and you're trying to position yourself and then it's gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 No, you, you I always say, like, just take the picture. Like, no matter what, take the picture. If you're, if you're not, if your focus Great. isn't ready or you're, t- just take it. You, you know, Especially now, now Charles, because you could just put free. all seventy-five of them on Instagram. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, another example of of luck in my pictures is, um, well, I mean, just for example, uh, like the the cover of the the, the Nirvana book here. You mm-hmm. can see at the at the very tip of his guitar is one of my blurry is a blurry light um, with my technique of a flash freezing the subject and then open shutter capturing whatever ambient lights there happen to be. But it's just that it's like having done it over and, and I, I didn't plan it because you can't actually see these things right. happening. Yeah. Um, but it's just a matter of like knowing like from past experience, well, I don't want to move the camera too much or I don't want to in this situation, or maybe I do, you know, um, so you can just kind of, it's a feel, it's a feeling. It's not a, it's a craft that you just have to, um, and yeah. by doing that, Charles, you, you have found a way. And I think other photographers in their own way have done this as well, where you are adding by that technique, the action, the energy of that shot, even though it's a still, you get a sense, obviously anybody could, can get Kurt doing this, like, like a, like mm-hmm. a baseball player. But you see mm-hmm. that 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 flare, that that light streak from the exposure, and you get you feel like, wow, that this was powerful. This was a moment. It feels when like kinetic energy. That, yeah. When did you realize that that was that could be your thing? Like, did you stumble upon that early on, or did you know that you you could do that? I I, I actually discovered that technique uh, when I was in high school from uh, looking at a book of uh, Gary Winogrand, a classic 60s street photographer who Hmm. photographed these uh, rodeos down in Dallas using Hmm. using a similar, not quite to the extreme that I would take it, but I was like, wow, how did he do that? And then I kind of, you know, back then you couldn't jump on the internet. You had to like really kind of research these things and try <laughs> yeah. it for yourself. Uh, and then, yeah, and then I brought that into photographing bands. And it, at one point, I I really like I think with Green River, like really took it to the extreme. Uh, Green River's first promo shot that Bruce used was you couldn't even really see the band; it was so blurry. 
uh, <laughs> and then I would sort of at times dial it back a little bit uh, and it kind of kind of work with work with it. Another cool effect that would happen sometimes uh, is that I would have a one or two second shutter mm-hmm. speed, so the shutter was open for that long, and somebody else's flash would go off at that. Oh, time. cool! So you get a double double yeah. ghost image. Yeah. I want to jump back to something real quick that we were talking before about editing yourself, right? Editing down and. and you know, you talk about how um, you have to ask yourself, well, I love this photo, but will everyone else? And I think it's interesting because many bands like Pearl Jam will write music they love with no one in mind, um, like no thought to what the listener might want to hear. It's whatever makes them happy. How do you, how do you square those two approaches? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, so... so- that's called yeah second guessing yourself and that's what i started to do uh and and that never works out well you know it's it's fine if you're wanting to if you need to make a fashion catalog or something you know i don't know yeah then you need to then you need to like if you've got a client that you need to cater to that's one sure thing. but if you're making if you're making art never try and make it for an audience You've got to like, yeah, you've got to make it because it's freaking good. That's why, like, because you're good and what you're doing is good and you've got to be your own, your own hardest critic as well Mm -hmm. to, you know, to really find out like what, what is, what, what's important, like what, what's working here, you know, and what's going to make you set you apart from everybody else. What's what's I don't know. I just want to make pictures that are iconic and last a lifetime. And, and well, see, that's interesting though, Charles, because you, yeah. you said that um, part of your intention with the Nirvana book was for it to feel like it could be any band, right? So mm-hmm. it, was, it was. So on one hand, one would say, "Oh, so he's kind of like eschewing, you know, the iconic images. He's trying to go for something that's less iconic and more." more of that authenticity, right? But now you're saying you're looking for the iconic. So it, it do you think Yeah, yeah, but, but you see the iconic images are the ones that that transverse time and space. Mm-hmm. Whereas the non-iconic images are just like, oh, Kurt, Chris and Dave like chatting with each other backstage or whatever. I so though that is the representation that just puts you okay yeah there you go here's back to that for the train here. spotters like oh here they are here, this yeah yeah you so know then, uh, where do you draw the line though between those just representing the guys chatting versus like oh this is the time between the time that shows personality that no one's seeing like where's that is that a gray area or do you that's, always yeah know? that's oh yeah no that's certainly a gray area for sure and um it's yeah it, 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 it i think i think uh though i think that by like for example with the nirvana book we just use a, a couple of band shots at the beginning and then there's one at, there's a couple at the end and originally like i said i had a whole section that was just band shots and i had a whole section that was 
was backstage stuff. And there's a couple of like the picture of Kurt drinking from a cup and one outside the record store holding his head in his hands. And I mean, there's a, there's a couple things that, that sort of touch on that off stage. Mm-hmm. But uh, what, what was, what happens now is that those three or four portraits that are in the book, now they're so much more powerful. Right. Because they're only. You know, if I'd like, oh, I'm just going to like, like literally like publish every freaking shot on the roll because I think that's what people want. And, you know, there are, there have been Nirvana and other band (laughs) photo books where some photographer had one session with them and then, you know, makes a, tries to make a career out of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, the so, great example so, of that is uh, is you know just just today you posted a couple of photos, one of which was Eddie Vedder kind of looking up into a spotlight in, a, in a, just a black void, and you probably could have gotten fifteen of those, but you you chose one, and it's like wow, it just it pops out. Yeah, yeah, that's that one perfect moment, that iconic, the right frame, moment. yeah, the right frame, yeah. Um, yeah, a funny story about that is that, you know, I, I flew out to Boston and, um, the band lets me shoot the whole shows. And so what I often do is like when they come out, there's a good 20 or so photographers right under Eddie's nose. Mm-hmm. They want, just want to get that shot of him standing at the mic. So I just go off over like to the side of the pit. To, I was at the very far side and took that photo with a with a longer lens. I mean, it was just this beautiful black scrim that they had up. And then, yeah, just one moment, you know, it just like Eddie just is like lost and and it's like the first or second song, and he's just sort of lost in that, like getting acclimated, I guess, to the whole experience. Uh, Which is funny and, considering and, they had played it two years before. So it's not like he wasn't. Well, yeah, 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 no, I mean, and they played in Chicago a few days before or whatever, right. but it's still, there was that like, kind of like you could tell he's like, okay, I got to like really take this all in before like we just start rocking out here. Yeah. You know, I take my jacket off and really kind of lose, but, uh, and, and I just, it's a great portrait of an older, of an, of an artist as an older man, really too. There's. Um, yeah, there's something that you look at something, you know, a photo you took of Eddie 92, there's just a different intensity that you, you compare that to something like this photo. And then there's just like a more calm wisdom. You, you can see the timeline, the 32 years, or whatever it is in between those two photos. And be like, wow, there's, there's more than just young guy, old guy here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I I just have a way of chopping up the world in my eyes and brain and and quickly translating that to the camera. I just I'm it's what I do constantly. Like without a camera, I'm I'm making photographs. Uh, well, speaking of being without a camera, you, you have you had a moment with Mark Lanigan where he fell into mud. And you wanted to take the photo, yeah. and he was like, "No, no, 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 no." Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I gotta find. And of course, I'm, I'm glad that he found that as funny as you did. Um, what is 
like what's the most humbling in a fun way story you might have about a member of Pearl Jam in a similar way? Obviously not falling in mud, but you know. Did anybody get, ever get like mistaken by security at a venue being like, you can't go back here certain like, bro, I'm, I'm Stone Gossard. What are you talking about? Well, what's funny is that, speaking of Stone, is that, um, so, so like being on tour with them in, in Europe, uh, obviously like Eddie just had a really hard time going out and walking around. I mean, you look out of the hotel and you'd see groups of kids standing out under, uh, you know, out, out on the sidewalk waiting for something. And, um, but stone on the other hand, or maybe Mike or some of the other members. So one day in cash K stone and I just went walking around. We walked past the venue, uh, all these kids out front, uh, you know, two in the afternoon partying already just waiting there we yeah. walk by look at them and we go to some silly little maritime museum or something in the town and just just walk walk around but it was it was so i was because i was like said to stone like do you want to walk by here and he's like oh it'll be all right and we walked past and nobody recognized he, him he's the most unrock star looking rock star uh-huh and so I had short hair at the time. I had shorter, short. We both had short hair, and yeah, we just we just walked by, and they just were like, "Oh, this is cool, whoever <laughs> those guys are." So, um, yeah. My other my other absolute favorite uh, moment with the band was, and 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 Eddie to this day he kicks himself for not having joined us, um, and this was in Istanbul. When me and Jeff Amant and I think Tim Bierman and a couple other people, we went to a whirling dervish, a Sufi ceremony mm -hmm. in the old part of town. Uh, it's uh, not something that many people, this is not the one that the tourists go to. It's, it's uh, in fact, our, our young female guide, she's like, uh, why do you want to go there? Don't you want to go to this rock club or whatever? Like, no, I'm like, no, that. because we, yeah, Jeff, Jeff knew this Italian journalist that, that was into that. And so he was like, I'm going to take you guys to this really special experience. And yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was mind blowing. Um, and I actually went back there several years later with my wife on our honeymoon in Istanbul. It's fantastic. So, so Great incredible. city, right? Yeah, it is. It's my absolute favorite city, especially as a photographer. It's really wonderful. Well, uh, enjoy your 60th year. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. No, it's going to be a good one. And in fact, uh, 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 big big news is a uh, 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 museum show of the Nirvana book come fall. Ooh, yeah. nice. The Ooh. Tacoma Art Museum. Yeah. Uh, I think that by the time this is out, it will have been announced. So, well, if, uh, if, if, if not, you live I'm in the uh, Tacoma area, first, yeah, October fifth, Tacoma Art Museum, and that was a, and the way we're developing that show is to have it travel. Oh well, I look forward to coming at, for it to come down here then. Yeah, ho yeah, hopefully. So, uh, you know, whoever picks it up institution wise, um, and I think cool. it should be. I think it shouldn't be a problem. I think anybody would want to have this show mm -hmm. yeah i'd love to see it well but before we say goodbye uh, i want to end with with this one a little, little fun one 
Um, can you think of a subject that you would have loved to have shot, but n- never got the chance to, and will never get the chance to? Of of a of a person, yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. Uh, well, actually, no, I did shoot her. Like, uh, but I only got like half. I only got like half a roll. So that's a roller coaster of emotions, uh, right there. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, PJ Harvey. Oh, but yeah, no. But I do have a PJ Harvey shot, but it, from her first tour. Like, I got off like five frames, and then I was asked to stop taking photographs. So that's the uh, one that got away. That's the one that got away. Oh, but um, oh my God! But yeah, there there are definitely a lot of of people I can think of that would have been amazing um, to photograph. James Brown, that would have been pretty crazy. Ooh, yeah, uh, yeah, um, and uh, I'm trying to think rock rock and roll wise, who I didn't get to shoot. Um, oh, plenty. Uh, Radiohead, maybe. Um, uh, you a Sam Cooke fan? Yeah. Say he's got yeah. that, that greatest hits vinyl, and the cover of it is just him sitting by a piano, and he just looks like the sky is falling. <laughs> and it's such a contrast <laughs> to the music that you're listening to. You know, he's uh-huh. so young in that. <laughs> I thought it was just a fantastic image, Portrait of uh-huh. a Legend. You know, that was the name of the album. I you know what I would you know what I would like to have shot more of is is hip hop stuff back mm. in the day mm. like Biggie and Tupac I mean I shot some for sure but uh, definitely some of that some of that New York hip hop stuff uh, yeah cool and if you really want to put me in a time machine just 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 send yeah. me back just send me back to 77 england and the and the roxy music and the 101 club and, and we're all go. good that's yeah, the clash. I, love it. Yeah. I mean yeah that, that's probably the band that i would love to have shot the clash and the pistols and all that yeah can't go wrong there no you can't well you i can't can. thank you enough for for coming on and, and talking to us um I mean, there's we could be talking about this music and these shots for days, but uh, you've got a big book coming out in a week. Charles Peterson's Nirvana. Charles Peterson, thank you. Thank you, Charles. Thank you. And again, a a hat tip, a kudos, and a thank you to Charles for taking all of that time uh, to answer our questions and just talk about music and art and photography and, man, wealth of knowledge and wisdom. Absolutely. Uh, So many cool nuggets, too. I loved that (laughs) informed luck part of our conversation, Mm, right? that that concept, and really enjoyed um, his approach to the Nirvana book where it's about, Hey, this could be any band, you know, like I'm trying to take these moments of them doing what they love, doing what they were known for, as opposed to these, these, you know, seemingly candid shots backstage, which yes, there's, um, you know, the, the, the voyeur in us that wants to see them in a space that we ordinarily would not, that I get that. But at at the same time, we're never going to see Nirvana on stage again. So is there any more, 
let's be honest, is, is there a more fulfilling lens of that band than to see them in their element doing what we remember them for? So I, I love that approach that he took to this. I um, also yeah. really enjoyed um, that dichotomy there with his his approach to trying to capture something that's iconic and, and you know redefining what that is in terms of you know, trying to represent what it is that you're doing versus interpreting it and channeling it through your own perspective and actually creating art. So, and that perspective comes from years and years of doing it, learning new ways. Uh, learning by failure, um, reinventing things that have worked for others. And the fact that he did all that very quickly in a matter of what, maybe a decade from when he really truly started is pretty remarkable. Um, and we're still talking about these photos 30 years later, 25 years later. So um, go get that book. It is available for pre-order right now. Uh, it is out in one week's time, February 20th. There are book signings too. There's one at Sub Pop and there's one at Easy Street Records if, if you're in Seattle or want to go to Seattle. And uh, as he mentioned, um, there might be a tour, uh, a museum-type mm-hmm. tour around be- America. So, cool. so amazing stuff. Well, we'll be with you next week, and I think we might have to react to some new Pearl Jam. Uh, we we may have to. Uh, but oh by the way, God. Jason, uh, yeah. are there any for, – for, for those of us who – may be interested in joining Patreon. Are there yes. any perks from this interview that may be available? Yeah, so there's going to be a little bit extra of the conversation that didn't quite make this show. That'll be there. And there's also um, a, a video on our on our Patreon of Charles going through, I don't know, nine or ten photos that he's gone, that he's taken, and just tell us what happened, when this was, What's the story behind it? And and give us some context to some of these really indelible moments that he's captured on his film, on his camera. So those are things that you can get. You can. And, and I have to tell you, I mean, it, you wouldn't think on the surface that it would be as engaging as it is because I mentioned this in the Patreon clip, but I, I actually had the, uh, the fortune of attending a session with Jimmy Page and Chris Cornell at the Ace Hotel in Los Angeles where Chris sat with Jimmy and – they projected a handful of, or a selection, I should say, of photographs from this this photographic biography of Jimmy's. And Jimmy sat and basically unpacked what was behind those images for him. It was riveting stuff, man. It, there's so much context behind an image. They they say a picture is worth a thousand words. Uh, you know, you, you're getting ten thousand words behind all these images when, when you when you have a book like that. So highly encourage those of you if you if you've been if you've been thinking about Patreon, <laughs> this would be a great time to get in just because having the opportunity to, to hear Charles talk about some of those iconic pictures of the bands that we love so much was uh, incredible. Yeah. And uh, to go along with that, we did the same thing with Lance Mercer back yes, uh, last summer. Yeah. So you got both of those and the uh, Behind the Poster series of Brad Clausen, oh, which uh, episode two should be coming out in about a week or two. So what a treat. There's lots There's lots over there for you if you're interested in um, uh, helping us keep these lights on. If not, feed the algorithm. That's yeah. also great. Or buy a shirt. You could do that too. That, 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 is, that does cost money, whereas the algorithm is free. Just do the algorithm. Forget what I said. That helps everybody <laughs> out. And it costs you nothing. All right, enough of that. Let's, uh, let's put a pin in it, and we'll see you next week. Maybe talking to Pearl Jam, Paul. We hope. <laughs> well, we'll see you next week. And until we do, you have been listening to 
the state of love and trust. 